0: I slip up and, and screw shit up every day at some point, but you have to keep working at it. You get in the military, we say complacency kills. You get complacent and it'll kill your business. It'll kill your relationships. It'll kill your fitness. Like you have to. You we also say in the in the military, in the Marines, you have to earn the title of Marine every day. It's the same thing. You have to earn the the title of husband, of dad, every single day. You're not just, just because you had a kid. You're not a dad every day. You need to re-earn that title. And that respect every single freaking day by the, the habits you're having and what you're doing every single day
1: hi everyone i'm chris rodak welcome to the rising father podcast i'm super excited to have on steve eckert he's with the project and he's a peak performance coach welcome steve
0: What's up, brother? You're always exciting to to get to have conversations with like-minded men like yourself. It, it doesn't happen often enough with men these days.
1: Absolutely, you know, I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So I'm just going to jump right into it. What is the project?
0: The project is a 75-hour immersive event. It's it's for men only. We hold it here in Southern California. It's a, a four-day program, runs from a Tuesday to a Friday, and we are there with the men 24 hours a day. Really diving deep into what we call the four f bombs the family the fitness the finances and faith and we're saying faith not necessarily just religious but mm-hmm. their faith in themselves their belief in themselves their belief in their ability to reach their goals in the other three the family the fitness and the finances and it's really for it might be for a high-performing man that's just looking to go to the next level it might be a, a for a man that had never had any real challenges in his life and that's what's held him back a lot of time there's a there's probably a 10 to 15% of the men that come through the project that aren't necessarily all fucked up or traumatized or whatever, but they were never had a chance to really prove themselves or find out who they are, or what the hell they're really made of, what their real potential is. And then other for other men that come in, it's for, they, they started slipping up. They started losing track of what's important, what their real purpose in life is. And they started going towards the, the pleasures and it's what we call a transformation helping them break the cycle and flipping the switch so they could transform from killing what we call killing their inner bitch and unleashing their beast that we know is within all men. It's just a matter of do they want it to actually extract it, make the decision to, to make that change. So that's what, the, what it's all about. It's a transformative process. And the, the results that we've had now, we're about to start class 16 this Tuesday. Amazing. It's been life-changing results for these men. So
1: three days, right?
0: Yeah. Well, sort of Tuesday till Friday. So yeah, 75 hours total, but it runs over to, over the course of four days. But yeah.
1: What is it about guys specifically now, these last few, I don't know how you said this is your 16th um, one of these. So for the last few years, like what is it you see about guys that they really need something like this? Like what's changing in men, but what, what are you identifying as an issue that needs to be overcome?
0: Yeah. So, Men are not meant to be soft and freaking weak. And I'll give a perfect example. I was at my daughter's birthday party. This is Lack of Birthdays coming up this year. But I remember this was only last year. Mm. And I was there talking to the a bunch of the wives there. And they're there with their daughters. So there's about seven or eight of them and and about 15 kids all in this group that I'm speaking to. is My wife's there setting up. And one woman asked me about the project, just how you did. What is it? Yeah. I just told a real quick, brief overview of us. And another one says, Oh, yeah, I've seen that video. I've seen some of those videos. Oh, my God, my, my husband wouldn't last 60 seconds in that thing. And her and all her friends start fucking laughing. Ooh. And their kids are there hearing this about their dads, mm. a bunch of women and their friends in front of people in public laughing at their dad saying that he would quit within, not that he just wouldn't make it, that he would quit within 60 seconds. And laughing about it, that's thats what I see is a is problem right there. That's the way that society has gone. Men aren't meant to be soft and weak and having guts and, and bitch tits. It's just not the way that it's supposed to be. Whatever people want to say about it these days, that's not the way it should be. That's
1: sad. And I had a similar experience this week early because I'm in Pittsburgh and it's not, we don't have that beautiful California weather, but it's been like 20s and 30s forever. And then we had a rare, rare day where it was randomly 72 degrees and sunny. So we went out to the park with the family and my kids were running around and I just, ever since they were born and for me, it's just like, I have to be, I cannot let them outrun me. I can't let them, you know, be more athletic than me. I have to be the one leading the charge with that. So I just, as, am as energetic as I can be running around, you know, going up and down to monkey bars, all that stuff with them. And the amount of you know, not just men, but the amount of parents that sit on the benches staring at their phone while their kids run around and play and come and grab their hand and beg them to play with them, and they say, "No, just go." And the shape they're in is really, really sad. And it makes you a little depressed about the future. But for what you just said, I mean, that's kind of that's that's depressing to to think if I could think of my son laughing, in public about, yeah, my dad can never handle that. I think that would be one of my worst nightmares there. Oh, that make you want to bash your head against the wall. And I and I
0: bet when you were in that park, running around and playing, you're on the monkey bars, maybe even falling and, and just having fun. And there were parents on the side talking shit about you. Like, sure. who does he think he is? Like, you, for whatever reason, they'll find some reason to put you down for what you're doing. Like, oh, look, what is that? How immature is this guy? They'll talk shit about you for doing that. To make themselves feel better about sitting on the with resting their their phone and tweeting on the, on the the bench there,
1: yeah, I mean, that's that happens with everyone. As soon as you see someone who does better than you in any way, you kind of kind of puts that mirror up. You're like, well, why am I not like that? If yeah. I'm not like if I'm not like that, it must be because they're doing something differently or they cheated in some way or did that. yeah, they um, yeah, you know, a couple there were some there were some athletic dads who I luckily knew who were doing stuff with us, but Yeah, most of most of the people were sitting down, and that's something that I feel like your your organization and the thing that you're doing is so great for dads, or just just men in general, not just fathers, but anyone that needs to get their ass kicked a little bit. And what is it about, like, I watched some of your videos, and guys are crawling through mud, they're getting screamed at, they're getting yelled at. What is is it about that suffering that kind of flips the switch for
0: guys? Yeah, also a good question. So. We're, we're men, we're knuckleheads. We automatically will show up with a guard up and you won't ever rarely see a man, a man and the men flip that switch until at least over 24 hours in. So it's a, a so the first 24 hours is just brutal. It's basically, a breakdown. It's a breakdown physically so they can have breakthroughs mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, even financially. And it's because it, they need to let that guard down because we show up and, we, they have their egos and whatever other other reasons that brought them there or that they need to level up in and it, need, they need to be, it needs to be broken down it needs to be beat out of you almost and it's a it's a metaphor for life like life's going to just keep kicking you in the fucking nuts and how are you going to respond to it and we're putting that pressure we're putting massive amounts of a violent pressure on them to see how they're going to react and that's what's needed they're they're not you're used to living those comfortable, complacent lives, sitting on the benches, mm. staying at home, not doing the things. So it's not playing with the kids like you're playing with them, and they've gotten soft and weak. And their their wives are not looking for another son; they're looking for a man, a leader, a husband. And most of them show up at their home like a little man child, like they're they're another son to their wife.
1: What kind of guys are you typically working with? And you mentioned they're soft they're you know entrepreneurs they need help with their finances who's the typical guy that comes to your thing
0: I'd say the average is uh, probably upper 30s low 40s is around the average but mm. there are the outliers we've had as young as an 18 year old come through and graduate just because he felt himself slipping down the wrong track and we've had his old our oldest now is 60 as a graduate that wow. came through and was just a pure savage we've had 57 year olds that were graduated as the honor man, just came through and uh, destroyed it. But for the most part, I'd say it's a a professional with married, with kids, obviously, and a professional, a lot of entrepreneurs are a higher level professional that realize that they, just because people on the outside might look at a lot of people's lives and be like, oh, that person has the perfect life. Once you get inside that person's life, you're like, holy shit, I wouldn't trade my life for that for the world because they're all kinds of fucked up. So a lot of times it's, it's like that. They have all kinds of different vices or whatever it is and and usually i think it boils down to to three things three categories of why what what the reason men need to to overcome and that's what we try to work through in the project with these breakdowns and the first one is usually their their daddy issues or parent issues but specifically usually usually their daddy issues Hmm. grown-ups and still affected by what the way that they grew up in their childhood. And I know it's something that is very traumatic or whatever, but when you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and you're still claiming this, you're still using this, this stuff in your childhood to hold you back, like it's it comes to some point, you have to say, all right, I'm going to put my fucking big boy pants and I'm actually yeah. going to be an adult and, and and mature. The second thing would be something that you're chasing, those vices like... Alcohol, drugs—that's on the one side—and then the third thing would be money and women. That mm-hmm. ego side of the vices. So those three different categories. You over a man overcomes that stuff. I say it all the time. It overcomes the women. with their are women problems, their daddy problems, and alcohol, alcohol problems, drug problems, whatever. That's that's all a man needs to overcome. It's not that far. It comes down to it. It's called. That's like the the way it's supposed to be. There's no you don't get a, a, a sticker for doing the shit you're supposed to be doing, but that's that's usually the issues that people are coming through with. Yeah,
1: you know, what I see is a lot of, you know, especially with my friends. One of the reasons why I started kind of my rising father brand and wanted to get into this space was just the fact that so many guys I knew that I grew up with. Um, you know, I had this one guy, he's the strongest guy in my school, um, football player, super tough guy, got married, had kids. Now, I mean, he's just the shell of the person he, he used to be, you know, he's, he's hit this mental block where he kind of thinks that I hit my peak a while ago. Now it's a slow slide down and my goals and aspirations are something of the past. And, you know, you're foolish if you try to go after that, but it's not just him. I see that in a lot of, a lot of middle-aged men, you know, thirties to forties who could be in the prime of their life you know, they could be the best physically they've ever been, they could be starting a business, they could be working on their communication skills. But they really feel like that time is over. And it's not just the people around me, I think I feel like it's a cultural thing where a lot of men feel like once they become a dad, especially like, all right, the goals are taking a backseat. Now it's not now it's time to kind of coast coast on the rest the rest of the way you know you retire you go to the golf course and then that that's the life from now on and that's a little depressing to me to me that thinking about that really makes me sad and also going back to fatherhood you know your kids I saw a great video of yours where you were talking about you know your kids are watching you do every single thing you do and I, I say the same thing you know the older they get the more they're going to remember like whenever you're 30 years old or 35 and your kids are younger there it's super important we do every single day they're not necessarily going to remember specific moments but whenever you start to get a little bit older and they hit those teenage years and they get a little bit older then they remember these specific things you did these specific moments it's like man that's when you need to turn it up like this is when you need to start becoming your best so your kids can model that every single day i feel like you're the thing you're doing is you know if you're a dad you need that little kick in the ass a little bit
0: yeah and on the first point that you made about just society in general how it's become that's been i think if you look at the movies look at almost every movie they make the father this weak goofy made fun of the 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 wife is really leading the show the one holding the shit together and the father's like a shit show started all the way back like as as funny of a show it was matter with children al bundy it's the same thing Mm -hmm. he was that's when men just started getting made fun of and they would just sit on the couch with their hand in their pants doing nothing while the world just blew by them and they were not doing their duties as a, as a freaking man. And, and look, he lived on his four touchdowns and he scored at, at Polk High back in high school. And that's what he lived off of his entire life. It's exactly what you're talking about. And that's been the culture of entertainment. And if you look at all those sitcoms and all the movies that are out there, they're always making men look soft and weak. And that's that's it, it is sad. It's, it's sad. It's, it's disgusting a little bit. And yeah, as you said, your kids are always watching. George Patton said, you're always on parade, meaning you're always being watched. You're always in parade, on parade in front of the people that you're leading. And especially those little, little eyeballs, they are soaking in all that stuff. Even the stuff that they don't constantly know they're soaking in. It's, it's soaking into them and creating and crafting them into who they're going to be by all the little subconscious things that are going on around them. Hell yeah, there's, a, there's a, a huge weight on our shoulders and a lot of pressure on our shoulders when we have kids and, and especially sons, I think.
1: What you're talking about, about TV shows is so important. I mean, there's, I think about, you know, everyone loves Raymond, King of Queens, every show that I grew up with in the nineties, same thing. The, the family structure was the, the mom who ran things, the dad who was weak and an idiot drunk most of the time, fat, sloppy. And it was like, the whole point of the show is, isn't it funny how dumb this dad is? Yeah. And then that's, and then everyone just That was the whole point of the, you know, the five year show is man, dad is so dumb and whenever you're a kid and you watch that for years and years and years that sinks into your head and you just start to think me okay that's the way guys are yeah like when i'm trying to think of the last time i saw a tv show where it was a strong male figure who was wise who was in shape who was a leader strong and led his family and if and he got respect like it, you you have to really i can't even think of one there's yeah. There's maybe a kid, there's a kid show called Bluey that's, that's pretty good. It's an Australian show, amazingly. But yeah, besides that, I mean, it's very hard to find anything in the media, which is kind of espousing the same virtues that you talk about, that I talk about, that is completely missing. And I feel like that's why stuff like your, you know, your program is taking off and, and men's programs, because it's not out there. Like, where else are you going to find people passionately cheering on men to be masculine, strong leaders? I like- even give you the opportunity
0: to. It's, it's it's frowned upon nowadays. So even just giving the opportunity just to be a man and unleash that beast, and we give them plenty of opportunities to do it and play a chances to step up. And also having confrontation and face-to-face confrontation, whether it's verbally or even physically we let we give them opportunities in both ways giving giving and receiving feedback like you see how uncomfortable grown men are when they just have to go and tell another man what he's doing wrong and it, it, it's 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 never happens smoothly and you can tell it doesn't happen often enough or ever that some, some of these men's the first time they're standing face to face nose to nose toes to toes with another man and and giving him feedback and then taking feedback and then taking it so personal, like a little child, when you get that feedback, instead of realizing, all right, I'm kind of fucked up. I probably should do something about it. It's a reason why 16 other men are saying this thing about me because we have them do ratings and they rate each other several points, checkpoints mm-hmm. through, uh, 75 hours. And it's some, it's like, it's almost an interesting psychological and, and human uh, example that we're seeing there. Of how people react to having to give and receive feedback, especially in person, especially Mm -hmm. to another man, especially if it's a, maybe a bigger man than you and, and still having to go tell him how he's fucked up and how they go about that. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's not done enough.
1: Can I dig into that a little bit? Like what, can you give me a specific example? You talk about giving each other ratings. Is this like physically, or is it a mental challenge? What happens?
0: No. So yeah, we'll have them rank each other. Say there's, let's just say there's 10 guys left Mm -hmm. that started and at different specific checkpoints after specific evolutions, we'll have them in front with, with us there. We'll ask any one of the, any random individual, who's your number one guy here? Who's the one that's had the biggest impact on you? Who's the last guy? You have to send someone home, someone that's
1: either
0: not holding their weight or not being a team player, not being a leader who would be ranked last. Mm -hmm. And well, that'll start tons of discussions. And someone will say why someone's last. Another person says, Who's last? Well, why is he last? And they'll start looking at the ground. And they're all these are all they're all online, so, they're sober, so they can't see each other at this point. They know they're standing online, so they're not necessarily looking at each other. And you'll ask them, Well, why is Phil last? And they'll look down, well, he's just not not putting out, I think, mm. could be better. They'll under their breath, they'll look down the ground, they'll be telling me and looking away and looking at the ground. When Bill's three three men over, like, don't fucking tell me, don't tell the ground, don't tell the sky, don't tell Bill. So they'll have to go over there and 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 tell Bill, and and it'll usually be something very superficial, like, mm-hmm. I, I think you're not putting out enough. Like, no, that's not fucking good enough. What kind of horrible? And you and they would and some of those people count themselves as number one, and that's the kind of feedback and leadership they're giving and the way they're reacting to give feedback. Well, if he's just not putting out that's you're the so you can't you say you're you're number one or you're number three and he's number 10 Mm -hmm. and only information and feedback you can give him is he's not putting out enough like how how is that good leadership how is that good feedback what could he do with that how can he actually get out from the 10th spot when 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 that's the case and then there there might be times when someone's ranked 10th for three of those different check-ins throughout and someone might give Bill ranked 10 three times in a row. To me, that's not Bill's fucking fault. That's whoever gave him that ranking three times in a row fault. No one should be at the bottom for very long. Like, what did you do? I'll ask Bill, so what did he do? He ranked you last three rounds of evolutions in a row. What did he do? How many times did he take you aside and try to help you out and coach you up and help you get your shit together? None, well, but but he's gonna give you the last ranking. To me, that's the last fucking dude that's gonna just keep throwing people under the bus not even trying to help them out and say they're last. No one should stay at the bottom for very long. That 10 spot should constantly change. Cause once they're 10, someone who claims to be a leader should be helping that person uh, out of that situation.
1: So you're really breaking down the ego, it sounds like. Because it because if I was a, you know, thought I was a badass, ripped guy, black belt or something, and I business owner, and I came there and I just thought I was the shit, and then someone ranked me 10, it would probably do a number on my psyche.
0: We've had Multi-millionaires show up that have been running their companies and organizations with literally thousands of employees, 45, 50 years old, ranked last <laughs> over and over again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it, and some of them need that. Some of them, that's what they're going to get the most out of. That is something like that, a little thing like that. Well, not little, but yeah, that's going to be one of their breakthroughs. Like holy shit! They, they, Harvard, Harvard Business Review does did studies on. CEOs, and I think it was only geared towards men, that part I'm not sure about, but they asked them to rank themselves in these 10 different categories. Then they asked their teams to rank the CEOs in the same 10 categories. The CEOs gave number one to self-awareness. They said they thought they were the greatest self-awareness and number two was information sharing. And number three was team development. You completely invert that, that's exactly what their teams gave them the worst at. (laughs) Self-awareness is the worst. And that was across the board. So what we think we are half the time like that. It it is an, an ego thing, and and that's what a lot of a lot of the men come through there with, and and they need to be ranked last. Those very what look like successful people on the from the outside, but but you look at get into their lives again, and it's not something that you'd want a part of.
1: And it's hard to if you live, you know, if you're in that position and you don't reach out to groups like yours and or any other group and seek feedback and seek a mirror and seek um other people's opinions like you you're never going to find that out you know you're just and if you're constantly getting praised by people who you pay then it's hard to ever evolve in this way i would imagine so you know if you are a multimillionaire business owner and you don't say hey i want to go get the shit beat out of me for for 3 days then you're kind of stuck in this bubble where you're not really growing and the self-awareness growth is like the, the biggest thing you have to do, because if no one's telling you what you suck at, then that just part of you that sucks just continues to grow and continues to suck. Um, so I would like it takes some guts for those people, even the people, the multimillionaire business owners who go and were ranked, ranked last, like kudos to them for putting themselves in that situation, because that's like the step they have to take.
0: Yeah, the, the, the men that come there, We people say, well, why do you have to pay for this? If you really cared about uh-huh. military and veterans, then you would do this for free or would just cost, cost a few hundred bucks. Meanwhile, it costs us over a quarter million dollars. <laughs> Bottom line, just to even run each single class over that amount, well over that for every class. So mm-hmm. it's possible to do it for free. Although I'd love to do it, we would love to do it for free, and not charge. But people say, how could you charge for this? If you really wanted to help men, you would do this. There's there's a point where you have to have skin in the game. There's a also a point, like the men that go up there, like the you said in self-awareness, you get kudos to them. Yeah, hell yeah, to put themselves in that position and know, especially seeing some videos that are out there, knowing that they're not gonna be, they're gonna be just a white shirt with everyone else, a blank showing up with a blank white shirt and have to have to prove themselves and see how well they deal with the pressure and adversity. And it's it is it is some something to be said for that, for actually just showing up there. And that's why we say uh, when it comes to men, a one, two, and a three are just never going to show up to the project. They're the ones that are going to say, they're the ones that are never even going to get coaching. They're not going to make personal development. They're not going to watch shows like this and take it serious. The ones, twos, and threes, because they're going to say, it's, why would I pay for that? This is stupid. It's a waste of my time. I don't have time for that. It's the four, fives, and sixes that are going to get a, a ton out of it because they have the, at least enough self-awareness. And all, okay, I'm, a, I'm fucked up. I'm nowhere near my fullest potential, and I need to become a, an, a seven, eight, and a nine. So, yeah, that, there needs to be some level of self-awareness to even take that leap to, to jump in there. And unfortunately, most men really are a good percentage right now. And that's what our mission is, are stuck in that one, twos and threes that some of them don't want to help. And, and we, you can't help everyone and you can't help the ones that don't want to help themselves and don't decide to do something about their lives. And unfortunately, you really can't do anything about those people.
1: Yeah, there's, there's definitely three categories. There's like the self-starters, people who are self-motivated. Then there's that, that gold middle group who, who want to improve. But then the, that's sad that you do have that C group who either, maybe it's just not their time. Maybe in a couple of years from now, they'll keep watching your stuff and be like, all right, this is mm-hmm. my time to do it. This is my time. And yeah, some of them like buy into programs, but they don't do anything. And then maybe a year from now, like I'm in some programs where you know they're expensive to join but some people join them for a year don't do shit and then they're like oh sorry i have been out of the game for a year now i'm going to start doing something and it's like okay you took your time yeah. and that's fine but what you said about having skin in the game is important because i've run various free challenges and stuff to help fathers get their shit together and i'll have i've got a facebook group with thousands of people in it and then i'll have you know 200 people say yeah i want to do it it's free and then like when it comes down to the people actually doing the thing, doing the challenge, challenging themselves, it's like 20 yeah. you know, because it didn't cost them anything and, it's, and it was free. But the, the filtering process is nice, though, because the people that come down that you actually get to know and network with and meet are the people who want to get their shit together. And they're always quality people. Like, I'm sure you have thousands of people apply to do your thing, but the people that actually show up and get their face in the mud are going to be the kind of people you want to get to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what we tell them all the time. Even, even just for first the first level of, all right, you saw the ad on YouTube and usually you just skip it. You didn't skip the ad, all right. There is the first step. You're now one step closer. Then you actually watch the ad. Next step. Then you actually click the link, went to the page. There's the next step. You watch the videos on the page. You put in your information, you put in your name and your phone number and your email information. You schedule the call. Then you actually it took a lot of steps to get there. So it is a gauntlet to get through there. So yeah, once you show up. That's saying that you at least have that high, several levels of self-awareness, you know, you need to get your fucking house in order. And yeah, just to, and then especially showing up there and we have guys who haven't made it either from say a medical issue, like through the, through the class, they had to drop out for medical reasons or quitting. And then some, a, a very few of those, but there's been a few that actually came back after that. And I didn't say to them, how would you ever show back up to this thing after you already saw what it was like?
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, there's something to, there's something to that, that, that. They made that decision. It's, it's simple. They made a decision that, to break the cycle in their life and their family tree. And, and they want to be the one who ends that shit.
1: Have any guys opened up to you about like, man, this is the thing that made me flip the switch, like you just said? You know, like when they're in this shit, when they're getting emotional and they don't think they can go any, like, hey, I've been living in the daze for five years I saw your ad and I decided it was time right now. Have any of them opened up to you about like why they did it?
0: A lot of the words we hear are uh, lost the fire, lost the spark, was in a rut. There are some that are even probably close, like suicidal. They're, they're, they've gotten complacent in life. They, They stopped meeting that role model they see the, the something that their kids said to them or their wife said to them or comments that were made and they just finally made the decisions to, to that they had enough mm. and they know that it's going to take something extreme to to beat that inner bits out of them they feel that they feel like a bitch they feel like inner bitch coming out too often and controlling them and they want they, they decided it's time to take control of it instead of just giving into it and riding out life like you said 30 years old 40 years old and they're talking about like it's the end of the line we get guys on the on the on calls and and that talk to us about the project and they, they say oh i'm 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 getting a little older i'm, I'm almost 40 and like holy <laughs> shit like and you're and you're already talking like you said you're like you're on the downward like you're just checking in now checking out and you're just gonna ride out to the end like holy shit i'm i'm 45 and I, I'll, I'll whoop the 23-year-old's version of myself's ass. That's how I judge my progress.
1: Yeah, that's always so sad to hear. Even I do jujitsu and even some of the new guys that come in that are, you know, 39, 41, they'll be like, oh, I can't do this warm-up. I'm 40s now. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man, get your, sh- get your shit together. Yeah. Like, we got to get that fire back in you. And the same thing, like the same buddies I was talking about earlier, whenever we've hit 30, 32, 33, It was all this talk about slowing down, slowing down. It's like, man, you got to get out. Like that is the death spiral mindset of, God, you're slowing down in your 30s. Man, this is the time. This is the time to ride. Like this is the time to get your shit
0: going. And that's usually the point. And then they start getting married, having kids. And now they think that that's it because they got married and had the kids. All right, now I'm done. Motherfucker! That's when the game just started. That's the starting point. That's not the finish line.
1: Yeah. So what is it? I, I'm I'm trying to think about that because that thought never really entered my mind because I think so many of my fr- so many people I knew had the opposite example. I was like, I don't want to do that. So what is it about like getting married, having kids, that makes some guys just turn it all off and be like, all right. It's coasting time. Like, what do you, what do you think? What do you think is, could be a reason for that?
0: Probably some, some of their, probably the way they're, again, we say breaking the cycle. I have a show with my kids. We sit down live. We do a show, like usually once a a month and we, it's called breaking the cycle. And I think it's awesome. That's the cycle that they've seen happening. And they're caught up in that loop and they haven't had that fucking wake up call to, be the one to break that cycle it's probably how their family their father was how his father was like and they didn't they use that as an excuse to be the same way like they have the the old story fable whatever about that there's two twin brothers one of them's a a millionaire and one of them's a homeless crackhead and they ask Mm. the the millionaire how did you or the, the crackhead how did you become a homeless crackhead he's like well my father beat me, he neglected me, he was a, a crackhead and he was on drugs and he was an alcoholic and that's why I became a homeless crackhead. I asked a millionaire, his twin brother, how'd you become a millionaire? He says, well, my father neglected me, he beat me, he was a homeless crackhead and that's how I became a millionaire. He used that as a fuel to the freaking fire, not as an excuse. So he used that as an example. And I, I do the same thing, Like the way I am with my kids. I look, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I. I learned all my discipline, everything I know, all my success, all the the energy I have. I give all the credit to my father because when I was a kid, I looked at my father every day and I said, when I get older, I want to be nothing like that motherfucker. So he didn't even know he was giving me the blueprint to success Mm -hmm. on exactly what not to do. So I just, I have the the easiest job. I just do the opposite of what my father would have done. And I'm I'm a super dad and I'm trying to be successful in business and be a, A decent husband, just by doing the opposite of what I learned. So you can do. I don't know. And and I've thought about for a long time what causes some people to see that example Mm -hmm. and fall into that cycle, and then the certain individuals that it's not enough and it's pretty rare that actually be like, all right, I'm going to do the opposite of that and break that cycle. I don't know if it's something in the DNA of stubbornness or what it is, but that I can't. I don't even know if that's even figure outable, but. There's something that makes some percentage break that cycle instead of just being caught up in the rap and then then it just put it down their family tree.
1: I mean, some of it might just be chance. Like maybe you, some of it, you know, maybe you went to an event that inspired you. Maybe you saw some, you ran into someone at college or in the military that inspired you. Cause I didn't, you know, a lot of people join the military. Not everyone ends up like you, you know, a lot of people join, a lot of people, like you said, have abusive dads. Not everyone ends up. Successful. Some people go the other way. That that's a good question. Like, what causes some people to demotivate, and what causes some people to motivate? I don't think I have the answer to that. That's a, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, um, I've been like, digging into that one literally for for years. Like, wh- who, why do some use that as fuel, and some use it as excuses?
1: And it it kind of whenever you start to use stuff like that as an excuse, it it I think it had it's connected to pleasure in some way. Because it does feel good. Because I can feel, I can think back to even, you know, times in my life where maybe I was down or I was like, I don't feel like doing this thing because it's really hard. So instead, maybe I'll just stay in bed for another hour. And you're kind of giving up on doing something, but the reward is it kind of feels good for a moment. And it is like to, to decide to take this trauma and bust your ass and make something of yourself is a shit ton of work. And it's a lot harder than saying, eh, I this is my reason for for not being good. This is my reason for for not making something out of myself. It's it's definitely it's like a less rewarding route, obviously, but it's definitely the easier route. Um, you mentioned your kids. You you said you you're doing a show with them. I wanted I wrote that down. It's called Breaking the Cycle.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that on YouTube? Yeah, YouTube. We do usually Instagram Live with it, but
0: then we put it on YouTube also. Yeah, it's on on YouTube channel.
1: Awesome. So let's talk about. Uh, Your kids a little bit, because, you know, this would like to talk about fatherhood. So how old are they? Uh, My son is 11 and daughter is eight. Now, what how do they work into what you do? I mean, they they're very aware of what you do. Are they involved? Like, how do they work into the business?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, they're very We talk about everything. We have conversations about everything. We talk about it live, about everything. They know exactly what the project is. They see videos of it. They know what it's all about. They know the other other businesses that I have. They know about how coaching is. They know with, with training. So I started off as a, as a trainer, as a personal trainer. And yeah, they, they're involved in, in all of it. They see it. We work from home. I've worked from home for, I don't even know, probably six, seven years now, way before the shutdowns and all that stuff. So mm. we work from home. And now they're also, we don't even call it homeschooling, but home lifing. So we pulled them out of school just this year and, and we do it ourselves here on our own our own curriculum we don't follow any curriculum we do like yesterday me and my son we I helped him he finished he showed me his he has a workout he created because today right after this he's doing his first live zoom training started his own little side business for fitness for kids called freak fit and he's he's a zoom workout with a bunch of kids from one of the groups that I'm in after right after this so we were just going over kind of how to run a live zoom and how to interact and things like that. that was his home schooling yesterday. and then after that we went in the backyard with all the different ways that we have of starting fires, and we practice starting fires. That's what that was our homeschooling for the day yesterday.
1: That's amazing.
0: so so yeah, they they' they're in on everything they we work out together every day. Uh, he has he hasn't missed the day of training twenty twenty two he made his goals to not miss a day so he trained every single day and I did along with him. we do different twenty four hour challenges. We have a twenty four hour workout coming up. Um, yeah they're along with it. we take them along for the ride with us on everything. We've done twenty four hour hikes, twenty four hour push up challenges, twenty four hour bike rides. and then they convinced me after a certain amount of those challenges we did a twenty four hour video game challenge. We sat and played fucking video games. <laughs> and that's literally from over a year ago, I still have a strained hamstring from that all the crazy (laughs) shit we do i got an injured hamstring from from our video game challenge
1: oh man that's that would be the toughest one for me i think sitting on a couch for 24 hours
0: yeah well every time like a a screen loaded or reset or whatever we had to do an exercise so we would do a set so we got hundreds and hundreds of sets in because we couldn't just sit there we had to make add our own twist to it but but still it was a lot of a lot of sitting around
1: yeah that's awesome my son he does crossfit my wife and daughter do crossfit but he like probably, I don't know, 150 days ago, he was super amped up. We were we, I was practicing basketball with him. And he said, dad, watch me, watch me do burpees. So just on the concrete, he started doing burpees and pushups and this whole little CrossFit routine. And then he was like, dad, we should work out every day for a year. I was, like, okay. I was like, listen, man, we don't have to. I said, but if you want to, I was like, I'll do it with you. And he was just so amped up. I said, let's do it. And then he spit it on his hand. He was like, we're doing a spit oath. So let's do it, man. So we did a spit oath there on the basketball court, and we've been working out every day before school um, for about 150 days now. And it's amazing what that does, not just for their body, but, like, for the consistency, for the mindset, and just for your bond. Like, to be able to work out with your kid every single day, to know that you've got his back, that he's got your back, like, that's that's huge.
0: What, what better connection? Like, what a force multiplier. First of all, you should be training – you Should be doing stuff with your family, you should be doing stuff with your friends, you should be doing stuff outside. Now imagine you combine a lot together. You're training with your family, maybe sometimes also a friends included, yeah. getting outdoors and doing it a lot of the times. Like what a force, what better use of your freaking time you that? That's a, a force multiplying time right there when you when you combine shit like that together. And yeah, days off, we don't we don't believe in days off really. We we, we don't ever take them and we don't believe in days off or cheat days or half-assing days. Like imagine. I tell them all the time. Imagine today was your last day. Imagine you go outside and you get hit by a fucking truck and you're dead. You don't know this could be your last day. Do you want your last day on this planet to be a day that you took off, a day off, like that's how you went out on a freaking day off or a cheat day? Like I will never, you'll never see on my calendar. It's like you're planning to purposely go against everything you believe in and break your discipline and, and, and a cheat day. We don't have cheat meals or cheat days if it's ever a food that we know we shouldn't be having, where you're consciously having it and you know the consequences of it and maybe it's a reward to what you were doing, but we're busting our ass on top of that. But we're not going to go out on a half ass day or a a day where I slept in or a day where I didn't go all out, all in, all the time. And that's your last day. That's what you're going to be remembered and known for, A, a cheat or a day off. Fuck no, hell no.
1: That's a different level of thinking. That's, I don't know. I don't know many people who think like that and that's a good thing. I mean, you expect, even if, you know, you've got the people who don't work out, then you have the people who kind of work out and you have the, you have a whole nother level of people who eat pretty good. And then you've got the people who do work out and are bodybuilders, but yeah, cheat meals and cheat days, a lot of that's kind of regular talk. It's like, okay, you know, today's my day to eat whatever I want all day. And to be consistent with what you're talking about is another level of being okay with it because you have to be okay. You kind of have to, Twist your brain into like not thinking that that's the break. Like you have to enjoy the process of what you're doing. So it seems like you enjoy just that daily discipline.
0: Oh, we we, we love it. Like even the the workouts and some days that we're, we'll be sore and maybe a tweaked knee. Yes. Guess, guess what? Those are the days we're going to do a, a extra hard workout just to same way. Be it's, it feels what about rest and recovery. I'm mm-hmm. gonna rest and recover by getting the right amount of sleep, by eating healthy, by Having a positive attitude by waking up on time and, and early and going to sleep at a decent time—that's my rest and recovery. Stretching and meditation and getting uh, journaling—that's my recovery and regeneration, so that I can train every day. Like if it's what it's doing, what you're releasing on it. If it's something's working for us, like why would we intentionally not do it on a day? Like it's part of the—it's just part of the the beats of life. It's part of a, of the day. Like I can't even. I can't imagine not being active for a day. And it, it doesn't matter. Like there's we've we've probably all had the, the coronas for several times. Yes. But I don't even get tested. It's just we're going to train. We're going to freaking train. Like who yeah. cares?
1: It's a whole nother thing. Um so with your kids, what is it? So they're obviously watching you and every everything you do, like from the moment you wake up to go to sleep, they're watching you. Have you witnessed their behavior and actions changing in specific ways to things you've done? Like you mentioned working out. But for example, my 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 daughter, okay, she's she hasn't she doesn't work out with us like my son does. She's seven. She works out occasionally, and I'm not gonna push her to do it yet. You know, at, at some point, I did push, I am pushing her to do jujitsu um because I she has to be able to defend herself. She's too pretty, she's too, she's too cute. She doesn't have a choice with that. So she does have to do jujitsu, but for working out, she does it when she wants with us, but she also does kids CrossFit, but just by us doing it, like she's just doing it more and more on her own. And the way she taught me and my wife were really strict about our macros and, and tracking our food. And our kids just start to talk about food in a different way and talk about, Hey, does that fatty dad, peanut butter, is that fatty? Is this the low fat peanut butter? Is it like, are there things that you're noticing your kids are just kind of picking up on because you're living that
0: life? Oh yeah, definitely. there is I maybe out uh, six years, maybe five, six years, I've started meditating on an app, and I just followed on the app. they They see that, and they do it every every single day. They go on the app. We, I got them their own accounts now because they go on the app and they want to meditate every day. They do, some type of journaling and writing every day because they see me always every morning and every night in a book writing they see it like what are you doing we talk about it now we, I, we t- teach, teach it to them after they start asking and having an interest in it reading especially reading I'm have any free moment I have my face is buried in, in a freaking book I'm not I need as much help as I can in the smarts department so I'm constantly soaking into knowledge and and reading and digging into it and they see that and we have a Whole, three different areas of the house, three separate libraries of the house. Like every house should have a a, a home library and it, back to, and it's defense side, self-defense side. They see being a protector and they wanna know how to defend. Like they think of, we do security checks around the house every night, we do a security check. Sometimes arms, sometimes lights out and just flashlights. Sometimes just real quick and do it. Like checking all the windows and doors, making sure the garages are closed. The alarm is set there's no one hiding in the house or something we do done every single night before we go to sleep a security check just to also give us better sleep better uh, peace of mind going in, into sleep so they just see you being protective and they want to be protectors they see you uh, the way you're taking care of yourself physically and they want to do it they're, they're at my sister's house they told me my sister told me this is a few months ago and they were she was making them some food and they they Said, are there any artificial colors in there? And they pull out the thing. She's like, I don't know. They look and they read on things. Like, no, this has red forty, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna be having that. She's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. they So, the, and they, they'll, they'll pick that stuff up. I never told them you have to go read these labels. They see you reading labels, and it's, yeah. it's working, and they like what they see, and they want to be like you. Like, what a really, what other? To me, that's the meaning of life is to have kids and and people who don't have kids or can't have kids i think they're fine they find a lot harder struggle to find their purpose in life i really think the purpose in life is to have kids and then be the type of man that your son would want to become and that your daughter would want to marry like what other purpose and meaning in life could there be so if you are that type of man that, that they want to become they're going to see the things that doesn't mean everything there's certain things, it's just not going to be something they're into. And that's, that's fine too. But the, they, yeah, they pick up so many of the important key daily disciplines and habits that, that they see on a constant basis where it's because it's every single day, it's every day, total consistency. And if they mm-hmm. like their father and they want to be like their father, they're going to want to do at least a good portion of the similar things that, that they're doing.
1: Yeah. There's so many parenting books with strategies and things to say. And you know steps to take but really it just comes down to if you want to be a better parent you just have to be a better person you know that's the that's the easiest not the easiest it's the hardest thing to do but it's the best thing to do i mean if you there's no i can't write you a book of 10 things to say to your son to get him to listen it's like no if he respects you and he wants to be like you and he wants to model his life after you then he'll listen to you and right. that's not always going to be the case um all right. So you t- you mentioned a lot of things that you do with your kids in your house, like security checks and making fires and home lifing. You called it. How, do they do they enjoy all that, or is it is it forced?
0: No, like you said, the jujitsu is kind of forced. There's very bare minimum, like daily disciplines that are. If you want, I don't really want to say forced. It's there's not general chores that around the house like these are just what you're doing what you need to do the garbage is the whatever dishwasher yeah. but then there's jobs there's a difference between chores and jobs they have jobs which they can choose to take or not take they're going to get rewards and actually get paid for them like my my son's been doing my laundry for me probably since he's I don't even know five six years old literally and, and not even joking he does my laundry and he knows what goes where he knows when to do it and he puts it away and folds the stuff up he does all my supplements for me, like all the uh, little separate containers for pre, like little funnels, many single serving funnels for pre-workout, post-workout, what the, the different supplements I need in there, creatine, and glutamine, and afterwards the protein and whatever else I need in there. And they're all made out usually two weeks worth. Same thing with vitamins. There's different vitamins I take in the morning and then in the middle of the day and then nighttime before sleep. So there's three different categories of those. Those are all separated for, for two weeks worth. And that's That used to take me. Think about it. There's say there's 15 vitamins or 10 vitamins, like vitamin C and A and E that I'm taking every day. In the morning, I have to take the cap off, take the vitamin out, put the cap on, put the thing back. Take out the C for Mm. eight different ones in the morning, five in the middle of the day, another seven at night. That's several minutes a day. Imagine that just taken off my hands. So that's a a job. So it's um, I'm we're learning discipline we're learning earning your own money we're learning how to delegate why why how is that helping me so that helps me take care of the family more because now I have extra time to go work and make money and make an impact and provide for the family because he's helping me do that and he gets paid for it so yeah there's so many lots of different things like that there's the things that need to get done just the basics of living in a house that any family or kids to do and then there's the the jobs that you will get paid for and so when it comes to the like stuff like fire, we like we had a one on one yesterday. We had a one on one, I have a one on one schedule with each kid at least once a week, and it's part of the home life thing. And I'm like, well, what do we want to work on? We went on a hike and we had this fire starter thing that didn't work and it pissed us off. So he's like, why don't we practice the fire? Like, half of it's more than half of its their ideas. What do they want to get into? What are they into? Like, my daughter's into tennis, horses, gardening, chickens. Animals, so that's what we work on. We work on setting up a chicken coop in the back. We're working on she's got to earn a horse, she doesn't have that yet, she'll so earn it eventually. We'll get a horse when she can show that she's going to be able to take care of such a massive creature like that. Uh, she's started building a garden in our backyard here, so we have a, a full garden with like 27 different fruits and vegetables that she's planting. So, things that they're into that's 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 school. What where, what else is going to learn learned? Something like that in school. and the stuff they were learning in school was not conducive to our values and our goals and what they even liked and what they're into so yeah like my my son part of his he he did we have all the guns we have he knows how to take every single one of them apart he knows what all the different pieces and parts are called he cleans them all puts them back together and now he's wants to start practicing taking them apart with his eyes with a blindfolded and, and take them apart and put them back together and time it and track his times Like these are real life skills that they're going to have forever and use forever. And I'll say that kind of 80, 20 rule, 80% of what they want to be doing 20% of what we know they need and should be doing somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. Cause that's important because a lot of dads think, all right, my kids should be doing this thing, but they don't want to do it. So do I make them do it or do I not, or do I just leave it alone? And some of the, you know, some of the ways they, should be forcing them to do it, like you said, and other, the other part of it is the dads just aren't doing it themselves, so the kids don't want to model it. So it, I think you make your you make your case a lot easier if you yourself are doing these things, because if you're just sitting on the couch all day, then you tell your son, "Hey, you should be working out every day." You know, it's it's not it's not going to happen. He's just going to say, "I have mean, no
0: respect." They got zero respect for you. Also, like you're just sitting on your head, you're telling me to do exactly what you're not doing. Like, what a fraud!
1: Yeah, and that's that's the last thing that you, any dad would ever want to be as a fraud. Can I ask you about your background a little bit? I saw a picture of you with the Marines. So you were a Marine? Yes, sir. And can you take me a little bit from your time as a Marine to what brought you to doing the project and your group? I know you mentioned personal training, but is there a little bit of a story within that?
0: Yeah, it all all really it all are very similar to ties together. And again, like from when I was a kid, not having a positive male role model, and from there, barely finishing high school and just running wild in the streets, lots of crime and getting in a lot of trouble and in jail a couple times, and literally straight from a courthouse to the Marine Corps recruiter. Back then, in the in the '90s, Marine recruiters were hanging out of the courthouses. That's where they really were recruiting from. Nowadays, it it doesn't work that way. I don't know what what's changed or whatever, but we went literally straight from a, a courthouse to a marine recruiter when it's when the marine corps and you usually don't a lot of times you don't appreciate when you're a veteran you don't appreciate it until after I, You appreciate a lot more like what you really learn, and you start realize how much I, w- I was only in for four years of active duty but you start thinking about everything you actually learned at such a young age and i took everything i learned Probably didn't use it as much as I could have when I was actually in the military, but then afterwards in starting a business and opening up a gym and running a business, thinking of it like a military operation, the discipline and the structure and even SOPs, like how to write SOPs and standard operating procedures and manuals and things like that, that we had like for every single task. So much of that transferred over into business and really into fatherhood, like just life skills that were transferable and as that transferred into business and entrepreneurship you start realizing how much uh how much other people need these type of tools that maybe didn't go to the military maybe never started their own business and they're they've never broke that cycle and they need a little bit of help in doing that and that's kind of how we started the project was having conversations just talking about We need to do something like for men an experience some kind of project to to help them break, get get out of that rut and live the life of purpose because all of us instructors, when we, we came together and kind of created this thing, all had broken that cycle. All came, every one of us came from horrible, shitty backgrounds, shitty childhood, but somehow we're able to figure it out to at least turn it in the right direction. Still always figuring out, still always making mistakes and failing things and screwing things up, but always trying to progress towards self-mastery every single day, getting better better today than, than we were yesterday, but still not not freaking good enough for tomorrow. So all really tied in together using the s- skills from the military and, and discipline, and with that led into entrepreneurship, which gives you a whole new set of skills and thick skin and, and, and abilities from running a business of your own and then having kids and then realizing all right now shit just got real because that's when it happened after I pretty much started the business had a kid and said all right i started seeing myself slipping up going towards the path of my own father because now i'm just whatever the reason of the neglect is i started working 5 a.m till 10 p.m in the business and realize shit i'm gonna not see my kids they're not gonna know why i'm not there it doesn't matter that they don't give a shit that i'm working and trying to make money they're gonna just know that daddy's not home ever yeah. and not here whether it's because i'm out drunk and gambling or i'm running a business i'm still not there so i had to start uh that's when I really thing i started making some of those switches and we tied all bundles all that together and that's really what the project is about they're dealing with the turning from chaos into order and and flipping that switch to become an even better husband, father, entrepreneur, leader, and, and just man in general.
1: It's a hard line to cross whenever you're trying to build a business and you also have a growing family. Like, you know, you, a lot of people would say, man, I wish I would have done this before I had a family. But whenever you have kids growing with you, yeah, and you're also trying to put in hours to grow a business. It's really hard. You have a moral crisis that happens. You know, how do you navigate that line?
0: That, that was when that was the point when I realized, all right, I got to start putting pieces into place. When my son was first born, that mm-hmm. I don't have to be that one because I was fucking grinding seven days a week from early morning. We went. We owned a, a gym in New York all day just living there literally some nights just sleeping there so i'm there first thing in the morning by the the 5 a.m session and then again my kid was born to start seeing all right i'm gonna gonna start looking at me the same way i looked at my father so that's when i had to start really getting coaching getting mentors and listening to, to, to podcasts and things like this going out to workshops to learn to how to grow a real business how not just to work Day to day inside of it to actually how to grow something, how to delegate, how to be a better leader, how to be a better person, so I can grow a business that I don't have to be there 24 hours a day, and then I can spend create create a lifestyle. Basically, it was about all right, what lifestyle do I want to live? What's my ultimate ideal? I call it my freak freedom lifestyle that I want to live, and now reverse engineer it. All right, let's get to work. Let's put a game plan in place, a strategy, and that shit that goes back to the military. It's like a war plan. All right, here's the objective we need to have. Here's the, the commander's intent, the intent of why we want to do this, why we need to do this, and now here's the orders of how we're going to make this happen step by step. All right, now break down those orders into to monthly tasks, and now daily activities and habits are going to have to happen in order to get this ideal lifestyle before it's too late, before my kids are so old they realize that that daddy's not here at all. So that, that's why we, our ideal lifestyle was moving out to California, it just because it'd be like the weather, and working from home and having kids homeschooled. So we're with them all the time now, all the time. And, and we wanted to, even when we're traveling, like like I traveled out to Texas for a, a Squire program, which is a father-son program that we run. And we bought an RV right before the last trip that we did that, just because I wanted the family to come along with me. So we went along, we did a road trip to Texas in the RV. So we're hanging out for business, for work, but at the same time, still connecting with the family and still spending more time. So it's all connected, creating, Creating a lifestyle that a life that you don't need a vacation from is, is really what what the real goal is. Like imagine that, if people could have a life that they didn't need a vacation, they didn't dread waking up in the morning, like go to sleep at night and they have trouble falling asleep just because they can't wait to wake up in the fucking morning to attack the next day. Like that's the kind of lifestyle that we want to help people in general, men, men specifically to, to achieve.
1: Now is this, is this covered in the project, or is this more of a one-on-one coaching type of situation where you help guys with this?
0: That's that's both. It is definitely help. It's definitely in the project, but then also on a, a one-on-one coaching side, on a, a more personal grind of a level and on an ongoing basis. But mm-hmm. yeah, that definitely kicked. It's definitely the fire is definitely lit in the project for that. It's it's is only a three day thing, yeah. but uh, yeah, it definitely starts there.
1: Do you have guys who? you know have it fire inside they want to build a business but they just don't know what to do and you know they they just need some direction and you kind of point them in a way or does most of the guys that come to you already have something in place
0: Uh, most most have something in place but there are a good percent also that might not even know what it is the direction they want to go in but they'll break down what it's like right now. They wake up, they dread waking up, they dread going to work, mm. they're barely making enough money for the amount of hours they're putting in. And at the same time, they're not making millions of dollars and they're still not seeing their kids because they're always at work and overtime and all this other stuff. So you hear their lifestyle is on a path for fucking disaster. So you know that they just need to make a change. Whatever it is, they need the first thing to change their 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 mindset. And then from there, once they get their own, Mind in order and start taking better care of themselves physically. Get their own house in order and start doing the things they should be doing at home. Then th- th- all that other stuff will fall into place. It doesn't matter that they'll find that whatever direction they want to go in on starting a business, but it usually doesn't have to do with uh, sales strategy or marketing or shit like that. Once they have those disciplines, and that, that stuff's going to end up happening because they're going to have that higher level of discipline and and more passion into what they're doing and a purpose behind what they're doing and I'll ask ask men like that all the time, like open up your calendar right now, show me your freaking calendar and make them show me their, their Google calendar. And I'll ask them before, like what percent of that calendar is going to be business compared to stuff personally, just for you. And then what percent is going to be family? And I already know if we've done it with tens of thousands of of men and and women, and it's 95 percent, is going to be work and business related. For the majority of, of people, 95%. And the only stuff's on there is maybe Little Billy's soccer game once a week that they're gonna be sitting there with their face buried in their phone, or maybe just drop them off and, and go to get something done and then come back and pick them up, or if they're there, still not even engaged. Like 95% of their of calendars, like, think about that. You'll they'll spend and then still not even be financially like happy, and they don't even like the work they're doing. They fucking yeah. hate the work they're doing. They're not making enough money. They sometimes say they're living paycheck to paycheck and don't see your kids. That's yeah. kid, like doesn't even make sense. Like why would you live that if there was going to be a time? down on that, it better be for billions of dollars and for a very short amount of time to not be able to live the lifestyle you want to live or be with your family and see your family. Like, what is what's the point? Like the thing I fucked up that is that their calendar is. They'll they'll have their sales meetings on there. They'll have their team meetings on there. They'll even have disciplinary meetings with their underperforming employees. And then for that disciplinary meeting, they'll spend time on their calendar to prepare for that, to show this person what they need to do, then to coax that person up and help that person. All this due diligence for someone who's even underperforming at work is getting more time and attention on their fucking calendar, more intention, more attention than their own fucking kids. I think how fucked up that is. Like and 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 people that hear that hear this right now and they're like oh shit that's me mm. this should sting a little bit I want it to sting a little bit because you you need to hear not just always what you want to hear but you need to hear what you fucking need to hear.
1: Yeah, that's a depressing cycle to be in where you you're, every hour of your life is spent and you're still not making enough and you're still not seeing your family and it can it can seem like there's no way out, but the way out. You know the decision, like if you're in a nine to five job that you actually hate, and it actually turns out to be like a seven to twelve job that you're Mm -hmm. there all day. um, It's it can seem like, man, I can't quit this job. I can't quit this job because we just build up these barriers in our own heads. But it's like, no, man, you can make the decision at any point. Like you can change today if you wanted to. Yeah, it's not.
0: We've done surveys. I also go to companies. And do like leadership team and team development for companies. And we'll do surveys, anonymous surveys ahead of time. And some of the, the things we get on the survey are like, I'm overworked, underpaid, not appreciated. And it's someone that was there for like, been there for like, whatever, three, four years. Yeah. And we get there and then we're in person. And we don't know who's that stuff. But we break up some of the things around these surveys so the entire team can hear some of the things going on internally. And, and the owners are usually there or the CEOs are there. And they could get to hear this stuff. And we open up discussions and have them give feedback that's what we do we do it a whole different way than most people would come in and do a workshop for a team we get down and dirty with them because that's what they freaking need not another freaking spreadsheet so we'll say like how if you you hate your job you're not appreciated that you or you're claiming you're underpaid and overworked why the fuck are you still here go do go do something else no one no one is locking you down saying you have to stay here there are plenty of other opportunities out there to do it especially nowadays. I don't have to leave my house for 90% of the work I do until we have an event or something. Like you could work from a, you could build a million dollar business from your cell phone. Like all I know is some excuses and just being lazy and probably having a a bad attitude and not putting in enough effort and just being entitled and thinking things should be handed over because it goes back to the whole cycle of society that we're talking about. Like, yeah, there's, you don't like what you're doing. Fucking do something about it don't you know, like your situation in life, the job that you have, go and do something about it. What are you working? How are you working on trying to get your level up your skills? All right. You have a dream, something you want to go and do. Are you, what are you doing on a daily basis to make that happen? And even a nine to five job, I've had people have a nine to five job and help them start a side business while they have their nine to five job that ends, ends up being a million dollar business from just two hours a week on I call it next, next big thing time. NDT It's like, two. that's how we started the project. We all had full-time businesses. We didn't have time to focus on the project. We would meet for a couple hours for a dinner on like Friday evenings, sit there and just scratching down ideas on, on pieces of paper and napkins and drawing shit out a couple hours at a time. After a few months, we have this thing called the project because we put a bunch of pieces into place while we still had our main thing. If keep your main thing the main thing, if you put, think, let's say you have a nine-to-five job that you hate, whatever. You're going to get into real estate investing. Imagine mm-hmm. if you spent two hours every Friday evening studying, learning real estate investing, just diving in uninterrupted on just real estate investing. After three months, six months, after a year of two hours, undivided attention for a year every week, you have a, a million dollar portfolio by that time and be an expert in that in that field in that time and still have had your full-time job. And now you have the decision. Now you have options. All right now you take this thing and make it my main thing and get rid of this main thing that I had, or maybe you could delegate your main thing or Automate your main thing and still make some money off of that. Make it a side thing and make your that next big thing. Make that your new main thing. And while you're doing that new real estate investing is your main thing, guess what? Now on Friday nights, you're going to have what's that next big thing? Just keep diversifying and having multiple streams. There's, it's so possible people just make excuses because they don't want to put the fucking effort in.
1: Yeah, you, you, can, you need your brain to break a little bit to, to be able to see that. And I mean, if you're, in the, if you're in that tunnel vision for, for years, it's hard to, to think that that's possible. And let me know if you have a hard out, or if you need to leave for anything. I got all day, whatever,
0: whatever time you need. All
1: right, you're spewing some some nuggets here, some wisdom. Um, so, for any of this to happen, say you want to start a business, say you want to improve your life, and these all these you you see the outcomes that you want, but you're personally you don't have your shit together. Like you're out of shape, your your house is messy. Um, you know you're. You don't have your routines then. Should you even worry about going after these things until your daily habits are improved? Like, does improving yourself as a person come before everything? Like, should I start studying real estate investing until I make my bed every morning?
0: Or whatever daily disciplines? As symbolic for yeah, your disciplines, exactly. Yeah. You can if you want to half-ass it. Like, you probably half-ass everything in their life because- you could do whatever. This is a, a perfect example of that. There's some someone I know that is in that very, very similar in that situation, but they has a mindset of, oh, I'll never make money. I can never make it in a business. And this is a business business owner that has that mentality. And then I was asked by a friend, a friend of someone that knows that person. If I could help them out, give them some ideas on uh, hiring better employees. And sales and marketing, I said I could give them these golden. I could give them templates and standard operating procedures. I can give them a a, a for hiring employees a four series of four different interviews, specific questions I have that I have that I've created that's that I use for companies. I could give that to them. I could give them sales scripts. I could give them marketing funnels and all this kind of other shit that I have that I, that I've just built up over the years. But that's going to be useless. It's still going to suck. Doesn't matter what I give them if they going into it with the mentality of "Oh, I can never make money. I can never be successful." Yeah, fuck yeah! It, it doesn't only start with those daily disciplines. That is the only thing. All the marketing and the sales and all of this that stuff that's going to be a for That's going to be a given once you take care of that. As you said, making your bed or those daily disciplines, working out. Like I don't know. Like that's always the foundation of it. That is because like, it's such a force multiplier and getting disciplined. And, and and structure and routine and habits and being healthier and having more energy and enthusiasm and feeling better about yourself and confidence and looking like someone who has their shit together. Like working out is always the foundation, but then yeah, those other daily disciplines of whatever that, and whatever that is for you, your non-negotiables. Which is for me, it's like that morning time, that morning routine that everyone has. Everyone has their own version of it. Doesn't we don't have to go into the details of it, but after that, I can't lose the day. I can't lose a day. It doesn't matter. The marketing's going to work. The sales is going to work because you have your own fucking house in order. meaning mean, your own house physically, you as in yourself, and then your own house, actually your own house, house in order. Once yeah. that stuff is locked down, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world wants to do. You're in control of your day and your energy and your effort and your attitude. Nothing, what the fuck can happen? Nothing can go wrong. Even though you can lose and fail, you know you're going to bounce back. You know you're going to say FIO, figure it out. No matter what, you're gonna have confidence in your ability to figure it out. No matter what comes your way, because you made your freaking bed. And until you make your bed, I could give you, I could hand you over a million dollar sales script, and you're gonna still be fucking broke because in your head you didn't make your bed, you didn't work out, you didn't, you still think that you're not capable of doing it. Oh, I could, I'll will never be able to make money. I'll never be able to hire employees because I was I was screwed over so many times. You're right. You're right. If you think you never, never, I'll never make money. You're fucking right. I'll never be able to get good employees. You're right. You are absolutely right. You won't be able to until you unfuck yourself.
1: Man. So whatever you think is true, bad or good. And whenever you do these daily disciplines, these daily habits, every single day, you're kind of building your self-identity as the person who does those things. And if you're on a sales call and you're like, oh man, I told myself I was going to wake up at 4 a.m. yesterday and I didn't, I slept in. Then when you're on that, it's time to close that sales call. You have that doubt in yourself that you can actually do it. Uh, yeah, tiny,
0: little, tiny little arguments against yourself. Yep. Yeah? Against your identity. You,
1: I do. Can you tell me what your morning routine is? You okay doing that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I I give myself extra time on it. I know some. And the thing is, people want to hear a morning routine and they want to follow it. I always tell people yeah. about a routine. This is what works for me. Take the bits and pieces like Bruce Lee and disregard all the rest. Some people like to wake up and go work out right away. Some people like to wake up and get right to work right away. I like to first get my shit together, to get myself locked in and focused so I can operate to dominate the the freaking day. So for me it's I have a whole full morning routine of of different checkpoints. I call it the like M9 and it it has it involves a literally a, a mantra meaning and people say oh you can not affirmations and whatever. I know that you can't just say something and think it, and that's all that happens. It has to be followed by action, but why would you not re-drill stuff into your head? Like I have my journal right here. and The first thing in the morning, I wake up, I'll be saying these things in my head, but it's also then written down every single day at the top of the journal. It'll tell you, operate to dominate, discipline, energy, confidence, action, free. On the other side, it says, I am fucking awesome. No excuses, attack, kill. Bring the fucking fire every second of every second. If you're always on your A game, you never forget on your A game. And this is stuff I'm telling myself in my head, just right there, fires me up. Just saying that thing first thing in the morning, right off the bat, Sam, I can't have a bad freaking day. It's a good day only. And people think that, that you, I'm just trying to be like, Mr. Cool guy or a tough Marine guy, like saying, no, I don't have bad days. No, I don't have bad days. It's awesome days and awesomeer days because I'm setting the tone for that. And I starts off right off the day by putting, drilling that stuff in my head, actually thinking it right when I'm waking up as I'm getting ready. And then actually writing it down on drumming. So the first one is mantra. Then I, I usually will have some noise dancing headphones right back here and I'll put them on and have a little some kind of music going a little beat going to the day to just get rolling as I'm moving around getting things done and taking care of I say the next M so is those mantra music then the muscles getting the muscles fueled with hydration and I'll usually have a small little protein shake or some kind of fuel in me then movement just getting a little blood flowing for the morning it might be a minute on just the, the assault bike or just a few times up and down the flight of stairs or just flying around the house, just some kind of movement to get energy. And it's sitting down. I have a separate, this is my workstation. So I don't do any of my morning routine or or meditation or journaling here. This is war space. This is work space on a different part of my office over there. I call it the thinking corner. That's where I then go to the, M, the next M, which is meditation. And I'll sit there with those same noise canceling headphones on. I'll have an app and I'll do 10 minute meditation then the next m is is a motivation like a daily reader whatever a motivation and yet you need discipline but why not you could still motivate yourself i'll read like a daily stoic book or say someone read the bible that'd be a perfect idea of uh, option because it's little bullet points we're talking like a, a bullet point or a quote of the day a page of the day like those daily readers type books on meditation or maybe a youtube video or a clip of youtube just a minute or two and That's the motivation. Then the mindfulness. Mindfulness is the journaling. I'm going into journaling of what are my, what, what do I have to get excited about today? What am I, I going to fear today? What's, how am I going to push and pressure myself today? That's what mindfulness is. What am I grateful for from yesterday? What am I grateful for in life in general? And I'm writing this stuff down paper to pen every single morning. And What am I going to do today to get excited? What am I going to say that's fun? What am I going to say that's a little scary, that's going to push myself, that's going to gonna grow and one a question I write every morning is what do I need to do today to make it fucking awesome? Like what is gonna happen today at the end of the day I can say today was an awesome day. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of the mindfulness M. And then from there it's the next M is the most important. I look at what is my most important tasks for the day. So I can start drilling into my head, mentally preparing for it, visualizing what I need to do, how I need to show up for those things that are the top priorities for the day. And then the last M is a message, meaning I'll actually go on my phone and send out a couple of maybe text messages to people, check in with a couple of people that I want to. I'll do a quick Instagram story, like with a message of the day or a tip of the day or some kind of motivational message every morning. And if one person sees it, great. If no people see it, great. That's really for me. I'm talking to myself. Anything I post online or the internet, that's me talking to myself and I'm just sharing it out there. With the world. And then mm. also the, on the message, the last part of that, which is pretty fucked up because I just added this maybe, maybe two years ago. I added this in. And it's I would send out I'll do an Instagram story to followers and strangers. I'll send messages, quick check-ins with clients or whoever else, friends, like a gratitude message, maybe. And I realized I didn't do anything for my for the for the wife. So now I add a message every morning, a text message, a, a check-in every morning. Just a, a gratitude message every single morning to, to the, the, I call it the Russian, her, the Russian. And there's all this stuff is checklisted out, make sure nothing gets missed. Cause even though it happens all the time, I still run off of checklists. So it stays structured so you don't miss anything. And I take my time with that. Some days a little longer than others, but I create the time to be able to do that. Once I'm done with that, once all that's done, that we're talking less than, that could be done in 30 minutes. Sometimes I'll stretch it to 60. Yeah. I think. I can't have a bad day after that. The day is, it's a, the day is a success from there. It doesn't matter what, don't, don't close any deals. You don't make any money. You fuck something up. It it doesn't matter. And that stuff is done. And there's also a nighttime routine and then, you know, you're going to get right back on track with your routine the next day. So yeah, it's, it's huge setting up the day for success.
1: And there's a lot of people who have zero routines. You know, there's a lot of people who go to bed, you know, they have to get to work at 8am. They go to sleep at midnight. They wake up 15 minutes before they need to be to work. They need to get to work and they get their sloppy and that's that's their day. And, you know, from the outside, they might tell people, hey, this is great, man. I play video games at night. You know, I eat like shit during the day. I just kind of wing it. You're you're waking up early doing all this stuff. Man, that sucks. It's like, no, you don't understand the happiness that comes from. And I'm sure you you have a deep like sense of peace during that morning routine that, oh, you- that, that is like that is like
0: golden time like mm-hmm. literally I sometimes can't fall asleep because you can't i can't wait to wake up to start that day to dive into that stuff it's what a, a you own that space like that is your time yeah. there's and, and if you notice in there i didn't say anything about drinking coffee I didn't say anything about checking emails there's actually nothing even in there about work yeah. for just checking in with what my at the end, the M8 was most important. Just acknowledging what's my most important things I have to do for the day. Still don't look at the email. I have rules and and boundaries and guidelines and rituals on, on everything. I won't check email for at least an hour after waking up. And I won't have caffeine for two hours after waking up. And that one's a pretty new one. I used to have like a, a green tea or something. Like right when I woke up, I said, you know what? I want to wake up myself. I want to be able to naturally be able to stop and wake up. and then. I'll have a, a pre-workout or green tea or something, some kind of caffeine or something later on. But two hours before caffeine, an hour before checking email, like setting up for success. So I'm in control of the day, not caffeine. I'm in control of the day, not someone's emergency on email. Like I'm yeah. not going to have to help them at four or five in the morning anyway. I can respond while I want. They're not going to respond to my response. So they got up and they're at eight or nine, like a normal workday. So why would I ruin my morning and day to respond to some some fire that, can probably wait till later or even doesn't even need to be responded to.
1: When does the workout come in? Because you obviously work out.
0: Yeah. So it's different, different Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's at about nine 30. I'll, I'll give myself 30 minutes to get right ready for the workout, 30 minutes. And this is all time blocked on a calendar, color code and all that. 30 minutes to get ready for the workout, 30 minutes to get to the gym. And then I'll give myself two and a half hours actually of time at the gym and then 30 minutes to get back and that's monday wednesday friday then tuesday and thursdays i work out at home we do a home workout with the family and those are later in the afternoon but there that's again those are the times that work for me it fits the schedule depending on what we have with with coaching calls and stuff but yeah, that happens every day and then saturday and sunday are usually around as 9 or 10 a.m saturday and sundays but we work out every single day and even the days i'm going to the gym like my son has He's freaking 11 years old he has a membership to 24 Hour fitness he has a membership to ufc gym and and then to two jujitsu gyms so we're constantly going places training and having fun
1: that's awesome um how long has he been doing jujitsu
0: on and off for about three years now okay yeah it's about about
1: my son he's just turned nine he was doing general mma and now he's been doing jujitsu and it's it's amazing what that does for them like and my daughter does it too she's seven she started when she was four, I think when you're four you're mostly just kind of rolling around with people, but to have, to be that young and have a kid on top of your chest, choking you out and feeling that stress and not freaking out, I feel like is so good for a young person. Cause I didn't start jujitsu until I was 32. Yeah. When I was 32, I started and I remember my first time someone had me inside control, someone was sitting on my chest and I could barely breathe, just the inner anxiety and fear and claustrophobia that came up that you eventually, that you eventually get over. It kind of translates to a lot of different parts of your life. But for a kid, when they're just growing up with that from, you know, four or five years old of just this dealing with this stress and pressure, I feel like it is so beneficial for them.
0: Yeah, I think, I think all, all kids should be working out and doing jujitsu. Like what, all adults, everyone, every human, like what better, right there, what better personal development and so many lessons and those are force multiplying activities that I, I think if you're training, doing jujitsu, like those skills are going to transfer over and, and help you be successful in whatever you're trying to do.
1: Absolutely. And it's it really helps you overcome daily struggles, I think. And for the daily struggles that men and fathers are going through that you see so much of. If there was like one, if, if, if you're, if your life's a wreck, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're like, man, I got to get my shit together. Today is going to be different. Like not tomorrow. Soon as I'm done listening to this, I'm going to do something. What, what do you think? What should they do? I'm going to
0: assume they're already working out. Like we just said, workouts, out just, I'm going to assume those are done. Yep. One that. People don't think about it, and I I tell people about it all the time. I'm going to say is, yes, definitely the morning routine. We're going to assume that's already done. There's four checkpoints throughout the day I think that everyone should have. And So the morning routine is your personal time. Then you need to have a start of workday routine. That's transitioning from all right that personal time to now get into work mode, so a start of workday routine. That could be very simple, and that's, that's still not the one. Then you're working all day. The key one that I think most people need, is an end of workday routine, an end of workday routine. Then there's also an end of night routine. So that's the four checkpoints. Morning routine, start of workday routine, end of workday routine, and then end of night. But the one that's probably missing is the end of workday routine. And that's what causes such people that can't have work-life balance or Mm. or whatever they want to call it. I don't even call it balance. But because they drag and bleed the stress, anxiety from work into home, and then they're bringing home and their fucking family is getting – there's, there's like shit leftovers of them, the worst version of them, whatever's left over after work suck the life out of them. And they're just showing up and, and bringing the least amount of energy into the home and into their kids. And it's, it's fucking disgusting. And so it having an end of work day routine where you have an actual ritual to, to deal with that work-life balance. I mean, again, I call it work-life symmetry or work-life alignment, work-life fulfillment. So you got work-life domination or even happiness that end of work day routine is is freaking huge and the way that way that, that what it means is basically you're transitioning from work mode from that professional into personal mode because you will drag that energy in and it's nothing magical it's just knowing that there's that checkpoint there's no it's not any brain surgery like part of my end of work day routine and there's a full checklist that I have that I'll go through, but we we could go into it all or not. But like one of the point for instance is right here, closing this line at the end of the day. You can see right here, it just got dark right here. It's ending, it's symbolic of ending my work day. It means the workday is over and I'm closing up shop for the day. So little things like that, little triggers, little psychological triggers. Now I'm powering off my computer. But first of all, before I power off the computer I'm I'm scanning all my emails for the day. To think, did any emails come in that I missed that I didn't respond to? Any loops that I need to close for the day so it's not 8 p.m. later, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot to respond to that email and I got to stop playing Legos with my kids to go and open up on my laptop and start sending out an email. Like, holy crap, like the worst thing you want to be doing. So I'm scanning email, scanning text messages, scanning social media just one last time for the day. Uh, looking at the schedule that I just finished for the day, what did I get done? What did I miss? What needs to maybe get pushed back to a different day or whatever, what didn't get done? What do I have coming up tomorrow so I could check in so I don't have to be stressing about it and think about later what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, Writing down and planning, what are my top priorities, most important things that I need to do tomorrow so I don't have to be stressing out at nighttime. Then I'm literally powering down the computer, like turning it, this is my main computer. Of course I have tablets and laptops and phones you can work on, but just symbolically of literally clicking on the computer, shut down, like turn down the computer. Once computers shut down, then it's um, I'm doing closing, closing the shades. Cause I remember like in back in like elementary school, I remember in in kindergarten specifically, the end of the day, every kid had a, a job. One kid would water the plant, one kid would put all the chairs on top of the desk, one kid would close the blinds. And I hated school. I had no friends, I didn't get along with anyone. My my we were like the poorest family around. So my father had no muffler on his car, and all the kids would say they couldn't sleep because my father's muffler woke them all up and he was like a, <laughs> He was the town drunk and everyone knew about, like, it was, I hated school. Like I fucking hated school. So I remember when the shades would go down in school, it was like a big relief of, you hmm. know, I, mean, I had to go home. My father wouldn't be there because he'd be out at the, at the bar probably. So I, I didn't have to deal with him until later at night. So it was like a huge relief off of my soul is knowing I get to get out of this fucking prison, this hellhole. And so it's psychological triggers like that, that end the work day. It says, right, the, the work is over. Once the shades are closed, I'll I'll leave this workstation. I'll clean it up it up, make it neat so it's organized for the morning when I come in. I'll go over to a different part of the office, back over to that thinking corner, sit there just for a minute or two, and do a quick little meditation uh, of visualization, gratitude, clear my mind. I'll read another little bit of some daily reader stuff just to soak in some positivity into the head, and then... Literally walk towards the office door, say you're in your car, walking into the house, whatever it is, and every step, like literally visualizing, all right, I'm just, this warrior just came out of battle, taking off the, the armor, the chest plate thrown on the floor, and I could hear the metal clinging on the floor, taking off the warrior's helmet and dropping it, tossing the sword and the shield for every step, taking pliers and, and, and plucking out the bullets that were shot into my chest, the shots that were fired during the day, taking tweezers and and, and pulling out the, the arrows that were shot into my back. And it's where I was shot in the back, not even in blindside throughout the work day and visualizing that. And then I get to the doorway and actually I visualize this like blue, like portal, like from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They would walk through those portals and I go through that magical portal and it's literally transforming from the project instructor or from the, the CEO or whatever you are, the manager, the salesman, the entrepreneur, From professional to personal, transferring and transforming into the husband, the man, the human, the dad, and going and leaving that energy behind. So those that type of end of work day routine where you are not dragging that drama and negative energy and bullshit, and then you get home from work. And all they do is start talking about the shit that happened at work, the bad things at work with their their wife and the kids are there. And this is their breeding and what they know. And this is the only life they know. Like, what a miserable fucking life!
1: That I think that happens a lot. Is you, you're doing stuff at work. You're doing stuff in your business. You get home. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. You know, you you want to you want to share it with someone. You start sharing it with your wife, and she's like, "Man, this is the first time I've seen you all day. This is not what I want to hear right now."
0: Bitching and complaining as as a greeting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's it's definitely something that many. Many people need to work on what I think. What I after listening to all that, what I noticed was that you know, someone might look at you and say, Man, Steve just has it together, like he just is this person. But what you're describing is like constant working on yourself, it's like you have like a hundred checkpoints, a hundred things you do every day to make yourself who you want to be like even just going from work to being a husband and father, like you've got all these things you visualize, you physically do steps you take. It's not like you were just born like this. It's like every single day, you're making sure that you have to become this thing. Like you're still even though you're, you know, successful at many things you do right now, like tomorrow, you're still going to have to work to be this person. Like it's not just a given
0: you and the second you slip up so i slip up and and screw shit up every day at some point but you have to keep working at it. you get in the military we say complacency kills you get complacent and it'll kill your business it'll kill your relationships it'll kill your fitness like you have to you we also say in the in the military in the marines you have to earn the title of marine every day it's the same thing you have to earn the the title of husband of dad every single day you're not just because you had a kid you're not a dad every day you need to re-earn that title And that respect every single freaking day by the the habits you're having and what you're doing every single
1: day. And I I think that does kill people in business and a lot of other areas is you you have a great year, you have a really great day, and then you take the next day off and then you're like, man, I'm good. And then that day turns into a week, turns into a month, and a year later, you're a different person. But to have that discipline and consistency of every single day saying, I have to go through this, I have to earn my fitness, I have to earn the title of husband, I have to earn a title of father, All this stuff that I, if I don't, like, if you skipped out on your daily routines from one day, you'd be like a hundred steps behind, you know, and that would just
0: compound. Yeah. There's, there's times where just little pieces are missing and, and the whole day just feels off. Something just doesn't feel right. Even if you don't even realize what it is. And when you break it down, you're like, holy shit, that's what it was. Or if you got a fell behind on something yeah, one, any of those things are missing. Those daily disciplines, like it'll, it'll throw off the, every other area of your life.
1: If there is something to take from this whole talk, which is awesome, so much wisdom to share from someone like yourself, and you're just a, you're a guy who's like, man, I, I got to make some changes, man. I, I want to be more like Steve, or I need to implement some of these things. You know, the thing that I'm taking is you have to have a plan of some sort. Like you, you have to, you can't just wing every single day, wake up and say, oh, well, I'm happy today let's see what happens. Like you have to have your four checkpoints like you were talking about. If I want to do good at business today, I have to go into business with this plan. If I want to be a good father today, I have to go in with this plan. If I want to go to sleep calm and with peace of mind, I have to do this routine. Like nothing is left up to chance. And I've many of us go through life winging it just based on how we feel that day. If we're depressed, we watch TV and drink beer. If we're happy, maybe we'll do a workout. You know, if we're feeling loving, maybe we'll say I love you to my wife. But none of that is being left up to chance.
0: God, like, like I said, even that message in the morning to my wife. There's times where I've sat down for my start of work day and I do have a spreadsheet with a checklist of all that stuff to do in the morning. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't send out that message. What a loser. I have to go back over. And then send it out. But yeah, it's got to be checked in with every day, or you will slip up, you will get complacent. And it's you go every day is a every day is a war. That's what the project we say in the project is a is a metaphor for life. Like it's the chaos of life. And how are you gonna maintain your emotional discipline and order in that chaos? And that's that's exactly what it's about: is is or turning chaos to order.
1: Every day is a war, leave nothing to chance. Chaos to order. Those are great quotes. And I think that summarizes this. So I think that's a good place to to stop. And that was awesome. Hour and a half, man. So much wisdom. If you're listening to this, listen to this one a couple a few times and take notes. That was a lot of guys could change their life listening to this. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Great talking, to you Let me know if you need anything.
1: Um, is there anything you want people to know about? Any social media handles, any events coming up? Anything you want to say?
0: Uh, just that we're, like I said, my son is, is doing a workout today for for kids, starting his own little side thing for fun called Freak Fit. So we're eventually going to put that out there for him to open to the public. This is just for a private group right now of kids that he's doing it with. But then also coming up this month, we're doing a 24-hour workout here at our our house, and it's for charity, for a fundraiser, for Tim Kennedy's Save Our Allies. So you can just look out for that on, on social media at one. At on Instagram. And we're going to be, that's, that's really what we're focusing on right now is this 24 hour workout. We're literally going to be here for working out for 24 hours. It's a, we're doing a one mile run then 100 push-ups, 100 squat thrusts, 100 crawl outs and repeating that for 24 hours. How many, how many rounds we can get in 24 hours. And it's all for charity, for fundraiser for the Save, Save Our Allies Foundation. It's
1: awesome. So it's steve.eckert1 on Instagram.
0: Uh, Steve Eckert, I think it's Steve one. I don't even, I have to look up, but just, you could just check out social media. It's not even all about that. This is about just helping uh, provide value to your audience. So, yeah, they could look it up on Steve.Eckert1 at on Instagram.